Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, and welcome to Eating Fried Chicken in the Shower bonus episode. I'm joined by clinical psychologist Saab Jahal. Saab, how are you? I'm good, James. How are you? I'm all right. Awesome. Good, good to <laughs> hear. As good in the concept of 2020 as I can be. Yeah, 2028. Can I ask, I want to talk about uh, COVID, but I also want to talk about loss. Mm. And just this feeling I think a lot of us are having, uh, not just you know in the performing arts, in all facets across all different types of workplaces, just as... Is it a trauma, like what we're experiencing? People who loss of work, um, loss of income. You know, can you can you maybe walk me and our listeners through uh, this mental work that we're having to do? Yeah. So I think for some people it's very practical, right? So mm -hmm. loss of income is mm -hmm. a big thing, right? And then it's going to affect your quality of life. It's going to affect your planning for the future, all the things that are getting the basics that you need in life. And the uncertainty around that is going to have a, an impact perhaps on, on people's sense of being able to predict and have certainty in their lives, which mm. is a fundamental underpinning of, of people's mental health and well-being. But I think the other thing that perhaps we're dealing with at a more subtle level is coping with the loss of future, of the future life, of the plans that we had in place. Mm. And that might be jobs or career paths. It might be trips that we were going to have to see loved ones overseas. Mm. All of these things that perhaps we're now having to give up and renegotiate and try and find our way forward and, and, and carve a different path in these unpredictable and uncertain times. And I think that all of this is having an effect of um, several different levels. But part of that is around grieving for loss. And I'm not sure whether we recognize the signs that actually the upset that we might be feeling may be partly grief. Do you think it's hard in the face of a pandemic where people are dying physically? You know, we have, we've had some in New Zealand. I don't want to dismiss that. But when we look at the large scale overseas, mm. do you think it may be hard for people in New Zealand to engage with the kind of loss you just talked about. Mm. Yeah, it can feel selfish. It can yeah. feel um, like we're wallowing in something that is not at the scale of what other countries are, are, are dealing with. But I guess that, yes, absolutely, that's true. We're talking about loss of life. We're talking about people having substantial symptoms that they're going to have to live with as their mm. coronary systems, their lung systems have been changed and it's going to take them a long time to recover. Having said all that, our experience is something of an outlier in the rest of the world, but it doesn't mean that we're not still searching for meaning ourselves in terms of this is a very strange position to be in for New Zealand as a nation, but also our own individual paths and journeys. Mm. We are experiencing change as well. It's a different kind of change, 
but it does mean that perhaps our planned futures are going to look quite different to how we thought and that requires adaptation but it also requires recognizing that things are not going to be as we plan them to be and what you're talking about is it's yeah mental health journey those are terms that we use um, and searching it's work it's mental work and that is a drain and so people are feeling tired absolutely and if you think about um, the sort of work that that's going to require it means perhaps thinking quite fundamentally about what our lives are going to be about in the future, but also thinking about perhaps our kids mm. and perhaps our parents as well, thinking about if we're a middle generation and we're thinking about what our parents are going to do and what their futures are going to look like, then yes, it all of this requires work. And I think about, like, we're talking about work. One thing I've noticed, um, and it's a side effect of this show, is people have got in touch with me. And I'm always very quick, and I, I cannot say this enough times on air and off listeners, I am not a mental health expert. I'm an idiot in a shower who likes chicken. I have a very good mental health expert with me, Dr. Saab Jahal. And I've uh, encouraged people to try and either use government resources or to perhaps look for a counselor because I feel like these are times when we must embrace that. I want to ask you about counseling. Uh, and about finding a counsellor. I'm very lucky in that when we talk, we have a very good rapport. Uh, we got to know each other. How important when you're looking for a counsellor is it to find someone who speaks to you and your life experience? Because mm -hmm. what you know, listeners might not know is that we're both people of colour. We both have ties to the UK. Mm -hmm. There are multiple points that mm -hmm. we can connect on, even though I'm a mixed race Samoan, Welsh person, uh, and you are Punjab from the UK. Mm. We've both we both are Wellingtonians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know. yeah. So absolutely, it's like trying to figure out what are your touch points that it's really important for whoever it is that you're working with, whoever it is that you select as a counsellor, has a good sense of the lived experience of your life without you having to explain it to them from the very beginning. Mm. Because actually, the, the more touch points that they have on the important aspects of your lived experience, whether that means they understand what it is to be gay or what it is to be a woman or whatever it is, the facet that's really important for you for them to understand, that's the kind of work that really you shouldn't, have to, really you shouldn't be having to explain in the therapy room as your starter for 10 because that's going to prevent you from bringing your whole self to that therapeutic relationship, to that counselling relationship. And it's only when you really are trusting enough in bringing your whole self to that therapy without you having to explain exactly what your lived experience is, that you're going to be able to get the best benefit. Now, this isn't to say that they're automatically going to understand just because you're gay and they're gay. Mm. There are certain, you know, good therapists won't make assumptions. They'll be checking that out with you. But it's a common platform. It's a point of common lived experience where perhaps there's less work to do rather than you having to start right from the very beginning. I mean, I got the start of a 10 reference, so immediately we're on the, <laughs> we're on the same vibe. But is it for anyone listening who has struggled to find someone uh, and in, to help with counselling, is that a real thing? Are they, they're not just unlucky. There is, there is an issue to, to be addressed. I'm just looking to validate their experience mm. 
of, of finding it hard to find their voice. Yeah, I, I do think that there is an issue around having enough people from diverse backgrounds mm-hmm. within the counselling system as practitioners. And I do think that that's a systemic thing that we do need to address and change and attract people who come from more diverse backgrounds such that people who have different lived experience can find people who they feel comfortable to have a trusted intimate relationship where they can do the work to improve their well-being and also for their whānau and their communities too as the effects ripple down and perhaps generationally too. It's only when we understand that only through having counsellors that have different lived experience and diverse backgrounds and diverse experiences then will we actually have a an extension of what New Zealand looks like that people can call upon to enter into these trusted relationships with. Is there any, uh, and I, I don't, I'm not asking you to diagnose, but is there any advice you would give to anyone who is feeling that frustration? I would say try as hard as you can to find someone who who can help you. And if that person perhaps is busy or they say that they have too many people that they, get, they, they can't help that everyone at they can't take anybody else new on at this time. Then asking them for a perhaps point of referral. And then if that doesn't work, then trying to figure out whether there's a group situation that, that perhaps that they run where you can perhaps start off having that kind of conversation which may be therapeutic to you. But then also thinking about, well, what are the real common points of lived experience for you? And is there somewhere else that you can start off? which is still an important issue for you, but perhaps isn't the totality of everything that you need to talk about. Because by building that relationship and by trying it on, only then are you going to be able to figure out whether it can be trusted or not. So you may not find exactly what you're looking for, but find as much, as, as much commonality as you can, and that's a good starting point for you. Saab Jahal, lovely to have you back. Sure, James. Thank you for having me. 